0: May God add his blessing to the reading of the scriptures this morning, and may the words from my mouth be what we need to hear. We ask a lot of questions in this life. It's one of the ways that we learn, usually. But you have to ask the right questions. Some questions just lead to frustration. When the internet was new, there was a woman who wanted to teach her elderly mother how to use it, And so she showed her the search engine back then. Some of you might remember Ask Jeeves. Remember that? Way back? Well, she explained to her mom that she could type in any question and the website would be able to answer the question for her or take her to another place where the answer would be found. So she said, that's great. So she typed in these words. How is my Aunt Helen feeling these days? So maybe the daughter should have explained that just a little bit better. Maybe the internet can't really answer every question. Not every question gets an answer. Some questions uh, just lead to frustration. In May of 2021, a man hijacked an elementary school bus. You may remember this because it made national news. He hijacked this school bus with uh, a whole bunch of children in it. And this was in uh, South Carolina. And he took the bus driver and 18 kids hostage. Sounds like it would be a frightening story. Actually, it wasn't too bad, as it turned out, because the kidnapper gave up. And he let all of his hostages out of the bus after just six minutes. Why did he do that? Because he got tired of the kids asking him questions. And so he said, out. Out. In an interview, the bus driver, whose name was Kenneth Corbin, said that as soon as the man got on the bus, the kids started asking him questions right away, immediately. First they asked him if he was a soldier, and he said yes. And then they asked him, why are you doing this? And he, he didn't have an answer for them. And then they asked, was he going to hurt them? And, they, and he said, no, I'm not going to hurt you. And then, then they asked, are you going to hurt our bus driver? And he said, no, I'm not going to hurt anybody and then the questions just kept coming and he kept either answering or not answering but they didn't stop and so he said enough already stop the bus let the kids out let the driver out took the bus drove it away and later was arrested and the kids of course and the bus driver were unharmed i think it's amazing that that happened but then again maybe not if you have young children you might understand why that hijacker, uh, let him out, and took, just took the bus without them. He, I think, uh, did, did what I would have done. Today's story teaches us, our Bible story teaches us, that it's important to ask the right questions. There are 42 verses in the story of the blind man, the healing of the blind man. In those 42 verses, there are 15 different questions. Our passage opens with a question that's sort of uh, ignorant, and then it ends with a question that is definitely a life-changing question. In between those two, a bunch of people have to decide what they believe about God. And if we're listening closely, we might decide we have to do the same. Today is the fourth Sunday in the season of Lent. A period of 40 days that we set aside specifically to reflect on the events leading up to the death of Jesus. Hopefully during this 40 days we do some self-reflection and we uh, do a little bit of extra reading of our Bibles and we do a little bit of extra devotional time and spending a little bit of time extra each day in prayer. And then that habit will... flow over after. That. <clears throat> For the month of March, we're studying four people and their meetings with Jesus. Each person, as I've said the previous two weeks, came with a different question and each one of them had a different need. To each person, Jesus talked about a part of his mission as the savior of the world. And each person walked away with a second chance at life, a second chance to live a new life, because they had met Jesus, who was God face to face, and so I pray that in this season leading up to Easter, that each of us will also listen and give listen listen and give ourselves the opportunity to get a second chance to improve our lives and to get a new life. Our story opens with Jesus and his disciples just after they had left the temple in Jerusalem. And in verse one and two, Arnie read for us that as Jesus was walking along, he saw a blind man. And this man had been blind his whole life. And the, his disciples, the followers that were following him said, what What did this guy do? Was it him or was it his parents? Why is he? Why was he punished and had to be blind for his whole life? Now to me, that's, and to you probably, that sounds like a very insensitive thing to ask, a very ignorant question, really. But it really wasn't in that day. In their time and in their culture and in their religious teachings, they associated God's wrath and God's uh, 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 opposite of blessing if, as a result of hap- what happened to people as a result of something they'd done wrong. And they associated God's blessings with home with a health with good health and wealth and security and a very able body and I think today sometimes we do the same thing but by doing this they reduced this man to just a blind man just a guy who was being punished for something that either he or his parents had done wrong and they also by asking this question I think reduced God They made the Almighty God into a kind of a divine bug zapper who who comes along and who punishes sin by making something terrible happen to you whenever you break the rules. What the disciples were really asking here were what separates people from God. That's the first thing we learn from this story. The disciples wanted to know what separates people from God. Think about the blind man. He didn't want attention. Don't you think he asked that question hundreds of times throughout his life? What did I do wrong? And I, I can't see like most people can. What have I done? We never see his name in this story. It's never mentioned. They just call him a blind man, a beggar. That was his whole identity, and he was labeled as being separated from God for some reason, which was unknown. He spent his life begging for mercy from other people. Did he dare expect any mercy from God? I would guess that he spent his whole life probably asking, why do I have to suffer? Why did God let this happen to me? There are many of us who ask those same questions. It reminds me of a story I read about a lady whose name was Mary. Mary had a hard life. One Sunday morning, she found her son, whose name was Robert, shot dead in their front yard. Robert had been caught in gang crossfire. Trying to understand why Robert died this violent and senseless death. The author of this uh, article that I read says, I mean, of course I can explain it in terms of some cause and effect reasoning, like he died because he was hanging out with the wrong crowd, maybe. But that line never satisfies it always begs for more questions. We can start by asking, why are there gangs in the first place? And if we follow the trail, we might find illegal drugs and ask why it had to hit our city so hard. But there are always more questions to ask, more paths to follow, endless paths that lead everywhere, only to turn back on us and shatter us by confronting us with our own limitations. As much as we try, We can't think our way back to a starting point that explains why our story or Mary's story had to lead to this point where she lost her son, this point of pain and evil. The disciples were trying to think their way back to a starting point that explains why the blind man was blind. They blamed it on sin. Jesus wanted them to understand about God. They were asking what separates us from God. The question they should have been asking is this, what restores us to God? In his life, his death, and his resurrection, Jesus came to show us what restores us to God. That's the second thing we learn from this story. The question they and we should ask, what restores us to God? Martin Copenhaver, in his book called Jesus is a Question, says that Jesus asked 307 questions in the Gospels. He asked 307, but he only answered three questions directly. And this is one of those three. And it is not the answer that the disciples expected. He said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened. Now listen, this happened so that God, the works of God, might be displayed in him. And then Jesus made him see. Sometimes we forget that when things happen in our lives, it's not because I've so often heard people say, why me? Why is this happening to me? what have I done wrong? Why is God punishing me? And I say, God is not punishing you. It's not anything you did wrong. But I'll walk with you through this. And more importantly, much more importantly, God will walk with you through this. And in the end, one day, Maybe in this life, maybe not, but one day you and I will both understand why it happened. And we'll understand that it was to the glory of God. Jesus said, Neither this man nor his parents sin, they've done nothing wrong. Jesus used this man's greatest weakness to show us the liberating, restoring mission of Jesus. He came to restore and to liberate us, but not the way the people had expected. But the witnesses to this miracle turned out to be the blind ones, really. The blind man wasn't... They were just as blind as the blind man was. They weren't ready to believe in Jesus as the Messiah, and so they refused to see the truth. This man went from blind, begging, depending on others, to seeing, believing, and worshiping the Lord. Jesus used his greatest weakness to show him and others, if they paid attention, the freeing, restoring mission of Jesus. This man was forever changed. In the 1950s, Lauren Chapin was famous for playing little Kathy Anderson, the young daughter on the TV show Father Knows Best. She got the part when she was just eight years old. And even though she pretty much had to give up her childhood for 16 hour workdays, Lauren loved working on the show. She said that she found comfort in the wholesome Anderson family that was on Father Knows Best. But her real life was anything but wholesome at home. Her mother was an alcoholic and her father was very abusive. And in 1962, when the show ended, she couldn't find work. Work had always, her, her job, her work, had always been her comfort to protect her from her abusive home life. She turned to alcohol and to drugs to numb her pain. She spent time in prison and in mental institutions. She attempted suicide a couple of times. A counselor in her drug rehab program shared with her the love of God in Jesus. She said she visited a few churches, but she said... I just didn't believe that God wanted me in his house. But in March of 1979, in Los Angeles, she answered the question, do you believe in the Son of Man? She put her faith in Jesus, and she said it was amazing, it was wonderful. My life changed dramatically forever. And after that, she shared her faith at churches across the country, and she wrote a book, which is called Father Does Know Best and raise money for victims of child abuse. The woman who once thought she wasn't worthy of being in God's presence says now, I am an encourager. I have a ministry of compassion. God totally gave me a new life. We all have questions for God. Some questions draw us closer to God. Some drive us farther away. In this season of Lent, I hope that you and I can examine our questions. I also hope that we can lay those questions alongside the life of Jesus and learn from him. He was sent not to answer all the questions that we have and that we will have in this life, but to reveal to us the heart and the purpose of God. Can you trust God? Can you trust the God that you see? when you look at the life of Jesus? If so, I pray that you, your faith will grow stronger in this Lenten season, and that you will let him give you a new, better, stronger life of faith. If you're, you've already placed your faith in Jesus, share that faith with others. Share that love with others. We have to do ever, something in the, during this Lent, Lenten season. And so we we do things all the time for people in our community, those who are less fortunate than us. But we got a challenge from one of our uh, pastors of a, a nearby church, Pastor Karen, and so we're collecting for uh, paper goods, for the uh, food, uh, I'm sorry, not the food pantry, for the uh, homeless shelter. Uh, these are the kind of things that, these are the ways that we share our faith. These are the ways that we show our love. I think that Jesus, if he were here and would have been sitting where we were sitting that, that evening, a, a week ago Wednesday, and would have heard what Karen had to say about the fact that she had spoken to the lady at the food, I keep saying food pantry, but at at the pad shelter, and the lady said that their greatest need is always paper goods. They need them all the time. They just, you know, they, obviously they're consumable and they go quickly when you have 30, 40, 50 people uh, that you have to take care of. And so I think if, if, he were, if Jesus were sitting there that morning or that afternoon, that evening, he would have said, let's collect some paper goods. Let's get them up to the homeless shelter and give them to those people. And so that's what we're doing that challenge came before us. Share our faith. Tell others by the way we live. Loving God, loving people. Amen.